Welcome to this Financial Advisor podcast, our weekly podcast where I speak to leading financial advisors. Chatting to me today is Stephen Katzenellenbogen, Senior Executive and Private Wealth Manager at NFB Private Wealth Management. Welcome, Stephen. Thank you. What investment strategies is NFB following in the current uncertainty and volatility in the markets? Markets are, um, as we all know, very tricky at the moment. You've had um, what some market commentators are calling a double black swan event. So we've got coronavirus that's had a, a big knock-on uh, effect on the markets. We started started the year in a relative, relatively euphoric state, um, but that's been knocked by, as I just said, coronavirus and secondly, the, the oil price shock. So in terms of an investment strategy, I think the important thing is to follow a rational and sensible approach and not make any rash movements. So our approach is at our business level, we don't make st- stock-specific calls. We're rather allocators of capital. So we're keeping very close contact with our, our money managers and stockbrokers that are looking after client funds just, just to make sure what they're up to and, and what they're thinking. But I think overall the view is, is the same. No rash um, decisions for the time being. And I think fortunately, and it didn't relate to the start of this year, but towards the end of last year, we actually started taking some uh, profit off global equity from our clients because we'd had like, three years of really great hard currency returns. So that will have um, benefited clients and, and given some comfort to them in what's definitely an un- unnerving time. So as you say, rational and sensible decisions, our investors tend not to be rational and sensible. What mistakes do you see them making or threatening to make in the current environment? I think the, the, the biggest mistake is, is to listening to emotions um, and, and making quick decisions at, at the wrong times. So I think that's, there, there's two issues there. There's a common saying that it says it's, it's all about time in the market and not timing the market. So if you're elected to pull your money out the market now and rather sit on the sidelines, that in isolation may be a good strategy, but it's getting back into the market that's extremely tricky and, and, and timing that. Uh, if you look at it from a JSC perspective, although uh, it's applicable globally, if you took the last 20 years of, of trading on the JSC, that's roughly 5,000 trading days, and you had invested a million rand at the start of that period, you end up with uh, 10.5 million rand at the end of that 20-year period. If you miss just the best 10 days of those 5,000, your return drops from uh, 10.5 million to 5.6 million, which is staggering. I mean, it's a fraction of a percentage of, of the days with with massive implications. So I think it's a, a time for clients to to assess their portfolio position to make sure that it is invested correctly. And if they are going to make any adjustments, take some time to think about it before doing anything. Um, and I think if you had to maybe look at the long-term risk, is that investors shift to structurally lower-risk portfolios. And we know that that's detrimental to long-term returns because risk or volatility risk, not, not just with permanent loss of capital, is very important to portfolios and long-term growth. So I think you've got the short-term risks and the potential long-term risks that their clients need to manage at the moment. So for people who aren't your clients, what should they be demanding of their um, advisors to make sure that their money is safe? I think at the moment communication is important and and interesting. You know, I think when, when markets are going very well, it's, it's you could easily or perhaps more easily justify perhaps not having professional advi- um, advice. But I think when markets uh, get tricky like they are now, the value in that professional advice uh, really comes through. So I think it's it's for those people, our clients and non-NFP clients, but we have other financial advisors, is just communicate that that person on the other side is there to help you. So, so pick up the phone and rather discuss your concerns than discussing them with your friends over coffee and perhaps making some, some bad decisions. So obviously the, the topic of everyone's conversations at the moment is COVID-19. How much of a threat is it to South African investors and to retirement savings long term? 
you know, it's, it's going to be one of those things that we're going to have to watch and, and play out and see what the long-term impact is. If we look at it in the current moment, and we know it does change daily, there definitely are economic shocks and economic shocks that are going to filter through global economies. And I think on the flip side of that is you're going to have um, countries and sovereigns and central banks doing everything they can to to try and help investors. So that may mute some of the long-term effect. So in terms of, of being a threat, I mean, it's, you can see it in the numbers now that markets have taken a dip in the short term. The longer term numbers, especially in developed market equity, still look attractive. So, you know, you can say, you know, those those who are retiring now are the ones at greatest risk and those retiring in 10 years have got plenty of time to, to work it out the system. Um, you know, and the, the difficulties, we, you know, we've, we kind of call it in our business banking the big number. So if we're a retiree, they look at the highest recent value of their pension or provident fund, and that's the number they look at. But you have to go and kind of look back over the last 10 or 20 years of your savings, see what your return has been, and it may be not that bad. But with that said, no matter how good your historical return is, if you're retiring right at this point, to have a 10 or 15% drop in your in your values um, is significant, and it will impact people. So in that case, if, that, if, if I was a client coming to you with that issue, what advice do you give that person? I think you have to be sensible in terms of what you're going to draw from your portfolio. So perhaps if you had planned to retire and the next day go on a six-month cruise, um, think about postponing that and perhaps any big spends that you had planned up front be as reasonable as you can with the income that you're drawing from the portfolio because while it may be okay now, when you're retiring, you may have a 30 or 40-year time horizon and what you do now is very important for that long term. So be reasonable in your drawing. If you know that your portfolio is can't sustain your drawings, you know, see if you can get some contract work, extend your work, do something. Um, just as an aside, that withdrawal percentage rate, um, there has been quite a lot of, or I feel like there's been a lot of um, communication from the industry to clients saying, you know, you've got to keep that percentage rate quite low. Do you think that it's having an impact or do you think people still don't get it? You know, I don't think it's that people don't get it. I think it's people's reality. Mm. So that reality is you have X, but you need Y. Mm. And from that person's point of view is that, that Y, they can't budge. They're at the lowest of what they can do. And and it's either about reassessing like your own personal views and what you do actually need to do there. So, yeah, I mean, I think the industry you know, has been quite good at, at communicating reasonable drawdown levels, depending on your age and, and, and income needs and, and, and all those bits and pieces. So I think you've got the investors or retirees in two different uh, pots, some who will ignore it and some who just, you know, the reality is like that's, they have to do it. Just to go into a little bit more in depth on this question, how do you protect investments as a wealth manager and savings from anomalies like the effect of the coronavirus and other short-term events um, that rock the market? I think the first step, and it has been something we've touched on a little bit, is not, not to crystallize losses unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's rather to be patient and, and, and to watch the, uh, and watch the portfolios with a good understanding of what's going on. And then I think it's back to investment basics 101 is diversification. So you need to have adequate diversification across the asset classes, across geographies and across different investment managers because if you just look at a, a very focused area and something that's very topical like Sassel at the moment, you'll see some of the managers have had very positive views on Sassel and they hold exposure in their portfolios and others have had very negative views and they don't hold anything in their portfolios. And it's having that diversification that supports a lower volatility portfolio and strong long-term returns. Do you see any opportunities in the market at the moment? So at our business level, we don't take stock-specific opportunities but I was speaking to the head of uh, NFP Asset Management this morning just to get a sense of what they're doing. And their strategy at the moment is they're trimming down a bit on the foreign equity holdings and they're going to bring that back 
and reinvest that into the JSC. And there are two drivers there. The smaller of those drivers is that we feel that the RAND is structurally weak at the moment. And secondly, the relative underperformance of the JSC to develop markets now has been huge. So if you look at it from a dollar perspective, you know, open the beginning of the uh, market drop off till now, the JSC in dollar terms is, is down excluding today, uh, approximately 27 odd percent in dollars. Where if you look at your MSCR world index in dollars, that's down about 17% in dollars again. So that relative underperformance is is big. So they're not making massive shifts, but it's rather take a bit of profit from somewhere and put it somewhere else where there's value. And there's quite a lot of flexibility for them to do that. Sure. Within a fund, a, a, a fund manager or unit trust can act much quicker than an individual can. So they're always able to act a lot more nimbly in a portfolio than at the higher level. So if you decide to move out one asset and into another, it can take a couple of days to get out, sell, repricing into the new investment, where a portfolio manager can sell and buy intraday. So they, they're very nimble in terms of how quickly they can move. There's always a lot of criticism in the industry, but I suppose in, in situations like this, basically this is what you're paying for. You're paying for times in the market like this. Yes, definitely. So your costs are important and it's not like, well, I need the advice. I'm just going to pay anything for it. Mm-hmm. So it's about being sensible and understanding what you actually pay the advisor, but where an advisor can benefit you from the advice perspective as well as the other cost perspectives. You know, just my own personal views, and it's been another hot topic, is that whole passive versus active, you know, element of portfolio management. And I think in a market environment like this, it's going to come to the for and you're actually going to start seeing the benefit of that active management versus that passive management now because I think you're going to get a lot of herd mentality coming through in the active management people dumping unnecessarily pushing uh, general indices down and where, where those clients may actually be more prejudiced than active managers.